All right. Hello, everyone, and thank you all for joining us for our webinar today. My name is Stephanie Baskerville. I am the content writer here at ProServe IT, and I'm going to be your webinar co-host today. I'd like to welcome you to this webinar entitled A Day in the Life Using Microsoft Teams Automation to Make Work Easier. We've got a lot of great content for you, and it is my privilege to introduce you to the person who is going to take us through it all today. Uh, Keith Vivekananda is one of ProServe IT's amazing solutions architects and uh, he's got a specialization in digital transformation and Keith has spent 14 years in the IT industry uh, with four of those years here at ProServe IT and he's always had a genuine love of technology and its limitless possibilities especially with what technology can do for humanity um, with particular expertise in Office 365 the power uh, sorry the power platform of power apps power BI and power automation and various collaborations tools like SharePoint, Teams, and Dynamics 365, Keith truly has a fascination with how technology can help improve the way people work together. So welcome, Keith. It's a pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Great introduction there. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Before we get started, folks, I would like to point out to you, of course, that you, have, if you have questions throughout this uh, webinar, you can feel free to use that questions tab in the GoToWebinar platform. Uh, we will be keeping this somewhat informal today, so I will be uh, monitoring that window throughout Keith's presentation, and I will be happy to uh, read out those questions as they come in or during more of the formal Q&A session, uh, sorry, section of today's uh, session. So, so, you know, please feel free, don't be shy, you can use that uh, tab as many times as you need to and we will definitely get those questions answered for you today. So this webinar is, is kind of our first actually in our What's Next webinar series that we're going to be holding over the next few weeks and it's kind of a chance for you to see the art of the possible when it comes to the tools that you've implemented over the past few weeks of working remotely. Um, you may have uh, spun up teams in your organization as a collaboration tool um, so that your remote working employees could have a place to work on documents together or host meetings or chat with their coworkers or what, what have you. Um, but the question is, you know, now what? And what can you do now that you've got Teams in place? And how can you take your Teams in, uh, investment to the next level and ensure that you're getting that maximum ROI? Well, that's kind of what we're here to talk about today, and uh, with that, I am going to turn things over to Keith to start showing us how Teams can be automated as a way to use it to its fullest. So, Keith, the mic is all, all yours. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Seth. So, very quickly, I'm just going to go through the agenda just to see what we're getting ourselves into. Um, so, today we're going to talk about... Uh, Power Automation, and also Microsoft Teams and how they kind of connect together. These are all uh, applications that are available in your Office 365 slash Microsoft Teams uh, environments. Um, so this is a great, uh, we're not going to go through a, a how-to of how this um, works or how we created it. This is more of a, a business side conversation and understanding what can be done and providing some examples during the demonstration like uh, Steph just mentioned. So we're going to kind of cover a few things here. We're going to talk about the opportunity the opportunity and some of the positives of uh, what we're kind of going through right now and uh, what where we can kind of take where we are currently and improve on some of the things that we're doing. 
um, using the help of Power Automate and Teams. And then we're going to show you how that works after getting a bit more context by going through a demo and then talk about what next steps look like. And then, like Steph mentioned, you guys can ask those questions during um, in the chat box in the sorry in the questions box in GoToMeeting. But uh, we will also answer some at the end too as well. So let's talk about the opportunity. Um, as we all know, we're in a very interesting time right now. Um, a lot of us have kind of been pushed to change the way that we work. Uh, some of us have been working remotely. Uh, just to give you a bit of context and insight in uh, how ProServeIT worked, uh, we've always been remote. Uh, even though we do have a uh, office here in uh, Mississauga, Ontario, um, a main office will go in once in a while, but most of our work uh, is done remotely with each other, and we've already been on Teams for a while. But what has happened recently, um, everyone that you know hasn't been working remotely has been pushed into either Microsoft Teams, Zoom, Skype, um, however you work. Uh, we've all had to bring our documents into the cloud and start working from there. So the other side of this is a lot of the, not all organizations are all businesses, but we've kind of had to change the way we work um, from uh, what has become our priorities now. So a lot of businesses have some free time um, to actually rethink the way that they uh, work internally and move around their processes. So it's more about not focusing on the, the customers, but some internal changes that can be made and more about the strategic thinking that's going on. And I would argue that this is a great time to make some of those changes. Um, now, whenever businesses talk about changes, a lot of people internally do, there, there's a lot of fear around that. And, you know, that, that's completely fair and it makes sense. However, uh, what businesses and organizations are starting to understand is we need to start making agile changes. So whatever we wanted six years ago might not be the same thing as what we want right now. And the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, changes that usually take six years of planning, um, recently we've been seeing the change that a lot of people have been making those changes on the fly or, you know, within the next six weeks instead of taking six years to plan. Now, how do you achieve that? Once again, that's the agile way of thinking, and this is where you can break up a bigger problem into smaller size um, changes. And what this allows us to do is it's a lot more manageable from a human aspect. Uh, humans are adverse to change, so uh, being able to slowly change things over time and learning from those small changes um, over time too as well. Finally, I really want to capture this. Um, automation is not about replacing everything. Uh, whenever I speak about automation or even general, if you see it on the news, robots, uh, anything with the word robot, robotic, automation, it's not about replacing every single aspect of the chain or uh, the, the process. Um, what this does is it takes out all the repetitive tasks and it allows us to use our strengths of the more human aspects of it. So this could be as simple as, you know, the, the empathy that we can provide to our customers when it's customer service. Um, 
at this time, automation is not looking to replace that, and it wouldn't be a good idea to replace that because human empathy is a huge skill, um, especially during the sales process and the customer service process and everyday uh, process too as well. So having said that, uh, let, let's take a look at where some of you might be and taking a look at uh, some of the pain points that a lot of people um, get when in their daily workflow. And when I mean daily workflow, it's your process, your your task, whatever you do, your step-by-step -step, um, process that you usually go through. So right now you currently might be, uh, like Steph mentioned, a lot of us are in Microsoft Teams. Um, for this example, we're using Microsoft Teams because it's part of the Microsoft ecosystem and we are the most familiar with that. Um, but uh, as far as where you guys are right now, it's usually probably around, you, you might have done some collaboration here and there. You guys are uploading documents, at least talking with each other and getting stuff done. Um, now, as far as that goes, the repetitive tasks that people do on the daily um, might be a pain point for a lot of people. And I'm talking about manual workflows too here. Uh, using the manual for workflows as in an approval chain. So if I were to send out a document to another person, it might be through email, um, and it's as an attachment, and once that person approves, maybe it has to go to another person. And imagine doing this maybe, uh, you know, it might be every time I do a quote, which might be every day, it might be three to four every day, it might be once a week if it's a, uh, a weekend, uh, um, report that I have to send out, or maybe monthly. So those are the repetitive tasks that take a lot of drain out of us. It could be as simple as sending a document. It could be as easy as maybe copying and paste a customer's email into our CRM or something like that. So what we want to do is um, find out different ways we can um, figure a, sorry, find out different ways we can automate some of these repetitive tasks and manual workflows. And like I mentioned, keeping our email inboxes clean as possible. I've seen many uh, organizations complain about how a lot of their communications happen in their email. Thankfully, we've brought that out and brought it into Teams, but what about the attachments and sending attachments um, and going in from different multiple applications, going from Teams, Outlook, and then going into the CRM, which might be Salesforce, going into uh, Dynamics, and then going back into another email and sending that out. So you can kind of get, you can see where we're using multiple applications um, and then doing it through different multiple emails. Finally, there's, I would say this is getting pretty rare, but it's still applicable. Um, at the bottom left, left-hand corner here, all the things I need are at the office. So there are a lot of organizations, especially with uh, compliance um, issues that they run into. There's a lot of organizations, especially nonprofit, that still have paper-based communication and paper-based documents. Um, so that's a significant uh, pain point that we've seen here too as well. So let's talk about, uh, before we get into how we can solve these things, a bit more context of the power family. I'll kind of breeze through this very quickly because I don't want to get too technical here. But within the power family, we're going to be talking about Power Automate, which is the third one here. But 
um, para, the power family is more about taking the data that we have and finding a way to make it more friendly. Um, instead of looking through Excel sheets all day or, you know, even Word documents, um, there's different ways we can uh, work through these uh, this data um, by connecting to that data too as well. And it doesn't have to be the Microsoft uh, ecosystem to do that. Um, but the very first thing is Power BI on the left-hand side. That's your business analytics. That's your charts. So uh, it's a think of it as a prettier version of Excel. Then we have Power Apps, which is your application development. This allows us to do um, very little coding, sometimes even no coding at all, to get um, applications you know that are very mobile friendly, device friendly, and um, be able to create these very quickly too as well, so we can get them to market very soon and use. Uh, the Office 365 ecosystem. Uh, Power Automate is your workflows and your automation, which we will show in a bit. And then finally, Power Virtual Agents is a new service that's your bot creation. So you could actually create bots, uh, very smart and intelligent uh, bots could, that can first do some tasks, but also you know take questions. You can be in your Microsoft team. You can um, create some uh, bots to automatically do some vacation time management too as well. Um, it, we, we actually have a bunch of webinars on proservites.com, our website. You can uh, search us there. There's a few webinars on some of these topics too as well. But the main focus for this is Microsoft Teams and Power Automate. So before we... Close up this context uh, behind the Power Family. Um, this is the connectors. So the actual way to connect from Teams to some other applications to do things. Uh, you know what I what I said about um, we go from one application to another to, to make some changes. Why not just do it in Microsoft Teams? The way we can do that is by having these connectors, and these are all made by Microsoft and in collaboration with these other applications. Now, what you're seeing on the screen is not even close to what's available. I think there was 280 the last time I checked. Um, some of them are included, some of them are premium uh, connectors. I won't go too much into licensing behind uh, Power, uh, the Power Platform and the connectors. Please check with your licensing advisor for that. Um, but you can see that here, it's not only Microsoft Office products, um, but connecting into, uh, let's say, Facebook. We see Instagram here, too, as well. Gmail, Google Calendar. I mean, these are even direct competitors to some of Microsoft's products, but we can make those connections um, to other products, too, as well. So if you guys are doing your graphic design uh, projects in Basecamp, which I've seen before, you can connect that and grab some information or maybe post stuff or anytime that's something's done in there, you can automatically do something on this end in Office. So um, that's what the connectors are. So Keith, we've, sorry, before you go on here, we've got a question from Tim. Uh, he's asking, what if I don't see the application I'm using right now or what if it's not on the list? That's actually a good question. So there's actually a specific connector where we can create a custom API connection. 
So if you do not see it in here in the 280 list, which is completely fair, um, they, Microsoft is continuing to build this out for the most common uh, asks. Um, so one way is you can, you know, ask for more. There is like a good community for Microsoft where they encourage uh, uh, community uh, crowdsourcing. So you can definitely ask for that, and if they if it's a big enough ask, they'll make that connection. Um, however, if that is something where it's more of a uh, you know an in-house application, something that's legacy, or maybe it's using a, a SQL database, or um, th there's many custom ways where they allow you to make those connections uh, as a developer. And once you have that connection, you can create your own calls and everything. So that is available there too as well. All right. So do we have any questions, Steph? Um, anything to do with Power, the Power Platform before we get into the, the next slides? Not at this time, Keith, but if uh, something comes up, I'll definitely keep you informed. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the demonstration. Now, I want to take this more in, a, in the day in the life of, and I've chosen sales. I think sales is probably the easiest to understand without getting too technical uh, within the abbreviations or, you know, with certain terms. So I'm going to pretend I'm Megan, who is a salesperson at Contoso. Um, this person, uh, she's just going to go in. Before we get into the next steps, I want to see if anyone had any questions very quickly. Um, before we go to the next steps. Yes, we did have one question, uh, which kind of goes into this from Michael. Michael's asking, can you have multiple approvals within the one document? For example, like if you're onboarding and then going to the first manager, then IT, then security and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so you can. And it, it can be done in the same same flow. Um, and the same process. So if you have, and the way I like to think of it is one flow should be for one business process. And one business process could have multiple people in there, multiple different approval styles, different types of logic too as well. Um, you can have that kind of bridge, uh, sorry, that kind of branching out too as well. And it has that flexibility to do that. And on top of that, if one business process relies on another business process, you can also um, go through that business process and call another business process while the other one waits or maybe does something at the same time. So there, it, you can see how it can kind of uh, get very, um, it, it, you can see how very flexible it is and how, com uh, how complex it can get. Um, and that's, it, it is all possible with flow. Hopefully that Awesome. Ends. Yeah, Michael, if that didn't answer the question, please uh, ask a follow-up question for sure. We've got another question from Kelly actually um, asking uh, kind of about the reporting side of things. So she's asking mm -hmm. of the 110,000 that has been quoted, um, yeah. would teams be able to pull that value into a sort of report of some kind? Yeah, so it wouldn't be directly done in Teams, but what we have set up here, I've seen it, shown it in another demo. Um, if you go into the Microsoft Teams demo we have on ProServe IT, but going back to the Power Family, another application that we use within the Power Family is called Power BI. And I have a Power BI tab in here 
which maybe once it's done its work, that quote goes into uh, a PDF format and also uh, records it somewhere else, maybe a SharePoint list. And we use that SharePoint list to, you know, um, populate the chart that we're looking on the screen, uh, looking at on the screen here. So as an example, I brought this in here um, because this is a, you know, uh, a piece of information that we're always looking at. And I don't want to log into Power BI to do that every single time or open up a new window. I just want it in my tabs. But yes, definitely we can add that to the uh, the workflow where it collects that information and puts it somewhere where Power BI can read it. Anything else there, Steph? Or we can. Um, I think I'll save the other questions until oh. the end. Uh, I know just we're just going to jump into the next steps here, and I know we're kind of getting to our, our we're approaching the the three o'clock hour. So okay, let's chat next steps first. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about next steps. So how do you get from, you know, you guys are probably inspired but, uh, and taking a look at different scenarios. Um, I'm going to speak about the concept of how we can, well, at least this is how we do it and what we've seen with uh, other organizations that we work with. And going back to it, it's the whole agile process behind it. So maybe I can go back to the first slide here. So remembering these things right now is great, but the making the agile changes. Um, I mentioned that, hey, you can go through many business processes in a enterprise level, even a small uh, small business or a medium-sized business, there's a lot of processes. There might be 20, 30, you know, 40, 50 processes. It's not all about going through all of them and creating a requirements document and creating so much planning behind that. Agile is about taking one of those processes, making sure it's defined, first of all, um, and then creating like a visio chart or like a flow chart. Like, you know, um, after this step happens, where does it go in this flow chart? Does it go to this person? And then if this happens, you know, it could fork off into another, um, a another person. So just kind of capturing that information one by one, um, and taking that business process and then going into flow and trying to recreate that. Um, during that digitization as well, what we've seen happen is a lot of organizations and teams are starting to align better with each other because they know their responsibilities too as well. And this is very, this is not only something that happens at the small business level, but it happens at the enterprise level too as well. Everyone currently has their own way of working and the, the responsibilities that they have during the process, but sometimes certain people don't understand the process. So this is going to help with onboarding people onto a new way of that you guys are working, but also make sure that you're getting that same consistent output because of how automated it is and how easy it is to um, go through this process. Right. So as a next step, I would say if you guys are really going to start looking into this is definitely, you know, first of all, get into Microsoft Teams if you can um, and then take a look at your, you know, your most. Uh, it doesn't have to be your biggest process, but something small. Start off very small as like a pilot. We call it a pilot or a proof of concept um, and see if you can automate it somehow. Find out the patterns, create a flow chart and understand it yourself first 
And once again, I'm going to mention again, that's probably the most important one because a lot of people haven't defined that yet. But once you have that, that's when you can actually go into flow and start recreating that. And then once you've learned your lessons, go on to the next one and keep doing that. And we've helped a lot of organizations kind of uh, understand that. And the key thing behind that is always prioritizing um, something that has a big impact but doesn't take too long to um, to recreate or to understand, right? So once again, find out your flow uh, of that business process and prioritize based on the complexity slash um, how long it will take to actually do it. Um, that's what we call a quick win. And then finally, keep repeating that process, right? So that's how we usually do it. Um, so when it comes to how we do it, we've seen it done in, uh, in many ways. That's sort of like the overall structure. Um, so we do have a few packages. Uh, Steph, were you going to go through this? or um, You can go you? through it if you want. Okay. Keep. Sure. <clears throat> so we have three different offerings here. We have the Smart, Smart Plus, Smart Elite. It really depends on how you see your flows. We help you with all whatever I just kind of mentioned and how we do it. Um, if you guys are, you know, definitely try it out yourself. If you see that, you know, you might not have the time or um, you want the expertise. I mean, we've been doing this for a while now um, and you want something quick to uh, quick to market, you can definitely leverage us. The difference is here, um, really getting a taste of process automation is probably the smart package. Uh, the Smart Plus is going into a bit more data integration, too, as well. So like someone mentioned, um, I want to start making reports. That's when Smart Plus gets involved. And then Smart Elite is if you have a lot of uh, business processes and you want to start doing some um, uh, not only data integration, but some further integration into other applications such as Dynamics 365, et cetera. All right. All right, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Steph. That's my spiel. Awesome. Thanks, Keith. And so we do have a couple questions that have actually been populating. Um, uh, Kushvel is asking, and I'm, I'm assuming that they're saying, like, once you've actually done the approvals and there's a pending approval, a pending approval will it send an email notification or reminder um, to the people, I guess, that are requesting the information? So, like, if... I'm Megan and I'm trying to send my approval through and, you know, to my manager, does it send a reminder if my manager hasn't gotten back to me in a couple days? Yeah. That's, so that's something that we can define on our, uh, sorry, <clears throat> that's not a COVID cough or anything there. Um, <laughs> definitely send a reminder um, and add that as part of your process and you can define maybe every five days or every week or maybe every one day if you want to be that annoying. Um, <laughs> that, that. Um, in this case, you saw that it was a Microsoft team message um, that was sent. That's not the usual behavior. We had to um, change that in the workflow itself. But uh, you, the usual behavior is to send out an email. Um, but once again, there's a lot of flexibility and you can define that. Gotcha. And then we've got a question here um, uh, from Brian. He's saying, how much thought has to go into the folder structure in SharePoint in order to make this work? That's a good question. Um, when it comes to that, uh, I'll, I'll kind of use Teams as an example. 
Um, th this is sort of like a philosophical question. We've seen that you can definitely uh, just kind of take what you have and bring it into there, but, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Um, so the structure is very important, but you can take a look at it piece by piece. So if it's by department, maybe start with that department. I think the overall concept of everything that we talked about here, but also my personal philosophy, has always been for a long time, you know, plan, you know, measure, measure, what, three, four times and then cut. Mm. It's really changing now, though. Um, I've gone into maybe measure once and then do a small little snip, right, uh, and cut it one by one and kind of repeating that process. So, yes, you should be, you know, taking a look at your folder structure a bit, but maybe divide it up and start with one team first. Uh, bring over finance maybe first, or maybe even a small uh, subset of that. Maybe start with accounting, or maybe, you know, something smaller than that, depending on how big that folder structure is. But start mm -hmm. with that, bring that over to teams, um, create a folder structure there, and learn as you go. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, and slowly do that. And the other thing on top of that is, you know, the type of people that are in um, working daily nowadays are used to certain applications. So to get them into these technologies, that's where you have to sort of do it piece by piece. So um, it, it, to answer your question very quickly, it's very important, but don't be afraid to do it in small pieces versus do it all at once. Mm, okay. And uh, we've got a question from Mario. He's asking, can we use Viso online with Power Automate to build workflows? Sorry, Visio online? Visio, I think. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's actually a good question. I, I would have to get back to you. I do remember the, uh, I think the question is coming, Brad, from the the old SharePoint. You were able to build Visio um, mm -hmm. diagrams on premise and then import it into SharePoint uh, workflow creator. Uh, I think that's why the, uh, questions coming up and then now naturally flow is like a continuation of that. Um, I don't think that's possible, but I'll double check if they added that feature to Visio online um, and then we can get that out to him. Okay. Actually, Mario, if you wanted to email us at cloud at proserveit.com, we can follow up with you uh, after the webinar for sure. Um, okay, and then we've got another question here uh, from Michael. Is all of the data collected stored in a SharePoint document library? Sorry, say that again. The data Is collected. all of the data collected stored in a SharePoint document library? So this is another interesting question. Without getting too complicated, um, I am making my flow in the background do everything in SharePoint. So by default, there is no like um, there's no central area. I know there's the common data service that kind of captures certain things, but you you have to define where things go. So if it's a document, maybe it goes into SharePoint. If it's customer information, maybe it goes into dynamic CRM and you have to create those connections to put it in, uh, put it in where it needs to go. Got it. Okay. So, uh, Michael, if you wanted sort of more 
clarification on that, you can uh, either ask a follow-up question or email us as well. Um, all right, folks, I'm not seeing a whole lot of other uh, questions coming in at this time, and I am cognizant that we are approaching that 3 o'clock hour. So I think I'm going to uh, bring the Q&A to a close for now. But if you did have any further questions about Teams automation or if you are interested in getting started with one of our packages um, or if you have any other uh, questions about Microsoft Teams in general, you can feel free to reach out to us at Teams at, uh, sorry, at Teams at, oh my goodness, <laughs> cloud at proservit.com, and we'll be more than happy to uh, to get those questions answered for you as soon as possible. But I think with that, I am going to say uh, thanks again to you, Keith, for sharing your wisdom with us today. And thanks to everyone on the line for joining us for this webinar as well. I mean, it's uh, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, we are, uh, we are certainly here to help however we can. So, you know, feel free. Reach out if you need us. And um, we will uh, definitely be happy to assist you in any way. So thanks so much, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day and uh, stay safe out there. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.